Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Dialogue Options Podcast with your ever-faithful hosts, Joel McDonald, that is me, and as always, my very good friend, Kyra Morrison. How are you doing this week, good sir? Look, I'm doing pretty good, even if I am living in a house of sickness. <laughs> oh, lovely. That sounds like fun. Yeah, it's a good time. I, I don't recommend it. No. 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 Avoid it I can't you imagine can. you would. Yeah, that sounds, <laughs> that sounds pretty terrible. But apart from that, I'm good. Awesome. Awesome. Um, yeah, I'm pretty good as well. I, I, at this stage now, we have both seen Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Yes. I, I, I thought we might, we could touch on that briefly and just say that it's fucking great. Um, I mean, I don't want to spoil anything, so that's basically no, exactly. what I'll say. It's really good. Yeah, it's fantastic. And if, you, if you're if you a fan of the first Guardians movie, like, you've probably already seen it at this stage. But if you haven't, go and see it. It's so good. Like, it's it's really fun. It's just as fun as the original. I think it's I think it's on par with the original for me. There are some aspects that are a little bit less, but it, it, that's not a bad thing. Like, I think, like, just, yeah, there are some things that are sort of aren't as imp- like as enjoyable as the first one. But in the same yep. aspect, like, there are things I think the second one does better than the first one. So, yeah, you, you, you get to deep dive on some out. of the characters, which is really great. Um, but in, yeah, in, and in like different combinations as well, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, yeah, like the breaking up of the yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. go see it. <laughs> go and see it. Yeah, I, and also don't don't look at the soundtrack before you go. Like no. that's another that's pretty spoilery as well. Um, for certain elements of the movie, but oh boy, um, cool. All right, but we're here to talk about video games, aren't we, Karen? Yeah, we are. It's kind of what we do. So, uh, shall we get into it? Yes, Joel. I want you to tell me what you've been playing. I love not. Should we yeah. preface this by saying that? Nothing's really changed. No, no. I think, like, for both of us, nothing's really changed. Um, we've just progressed further in certain games that we've played, I think. Yes. Um, so, I, surprise, surprise, I've been playing Persona 5 again. Um, good, good. I've been making some more progress. Excellent. Got over, there was a bit of a, like, it was like, you know, the, uh, the I guess, the summer holiday from Golden happened again. I, well, it is it's summer yeah. again that happened. So, it's sort of a bit of a, a lull. Uh, it's still really great. There's awesome stuff that happens, and it's really fun. In fact, I think some really great stuff, especially towards the end of it, that I've just done, was yeah. really cool. I like um, I liked the holiday. Yeah, so um, I, I'm still I still love it. It's still great. Every time I go to a new like palace and there's new music, I'm just like, oh yes. Um, your tweet now, Karen, about the um the fifth palace's music. I I agree. Uh, it's probably one of my favorite palace music so oh, far. It's so good. It's really good. Um, and the theming of that palace is really awesome as well from what I can yes. tell so far. Um, but yeah, so I've you know I've got a couple more characters now and getting to know some of the ones that I've got. Starting to fall a bit out of love with some of the ones that I've got. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess we'll, we'll save that for our, our deep dive talk on Persona when we eventually get to it. Um, eventually. Yeah, it's still really fun. Yeah, yeah, eventually. We'll, we'll get to it. We'll get there. Um, yeah, it's all on me finishing the game <laughs> at the moment. That's that's when we're going to do it. But um, yeah, no, it's it's really fun. Um, like if you can find a copy of it, apparently it's like like hen's teeth to try and find uh, in Australia in stores did, uh, physically. But um, if which you know, is if you're, sad. But yeah, I mean, look, and the same thing happened with Yakuza and and Neo. So like these games that are from a primarily Eastern market that are sort of making the jump now to the Western market. Are, stupidly hard to find so um but i guess it's that that goes back to that whole um was it well, the, the, the apple way of doing things it's like i guess if we make it look scarce it's... i don't know i think especially for persona it could also just be because i mean deep silver 
are publishing here, and I don't mm-hmm. really know what their publishing capabilities are like. Like, well, that's it. Like, and I guess you don't want to like send out like millions of copies to to store to a market that's not going to buy them. So, I guess you, if you put the feelers out there, and people are like, "Yes, we, we we're buying this game," and I, I'm hoping that they're looking at that and going. Oh, okay, so it like Persona Five was like the the number one game on the the PSN uh, for the last month, so I, I guess people want to play it. <laughs> yeah, probably start slapping some more copies down. Yeah, maybe maybe wax them out, but um, yeah, you should definitely play it. It's just oh god, even like and I've said this before, but even if you don't like JRPGs, like if you're like I am, I am the number one primo case of that because most of the people that we know that play it have played out JRPGs before. And like, it's kind of like you and Ben, it's kind of your jam. That's one of your like main staples of game. Um, as you especially, but, um, like for me, like I've, I've, I'm like, Oh, I can, I, oh, it has to have something to get me into it. And it persona is that like, it's, it has the style. It has the setting. It has the great character relationships. It has the music. It has in this one, the great gameplay and, and the really fun, streamlined like dungeon crawling is really good um that's the thing like because i mean i I guess the biggest thing you could say about persona is as good as like style and story and characters and music and all that has been in the part you know the previous entries Mm -hmm. there's definitely an argument for the dungeon crawling being kind of lackluster in three and four oh yeah like i mean i i I said it on the uh the uh, persona 4 golden podcast i did with okay games it's like the dungeon crawling in in four is rough. Like at mm. some point, it gets it's it gets really tedious. And from what you've told me about three, it's even even worse in some aspects. But yeah, I mean, I guess three. I see for four, the reason why I find it so tedious is just because it's just those dungeons. Like that's it. I yep. know that Tartarus gets a lot of hate in Persona Three, mm-hmm. but I did appreciate that Persona Three had Tartarus as your grindy random dungeon but it did also have like the smaller story dungeon areas as well to go with it yeah. so it's sort of persona 5 took that to the next step and actually grew that idea persona 4 as much as i love it like those as much as i love those zones like it's just corridors yeah exactly it's just it's, it's like corridor room corridor room and it's just a reskin and um and then when you do have to get to those points where you're like i've got to go grind a little bit your only option is to go through those and and whereas in like in five you've got mementos to go and and grind through as even if the music in mementos is oh my god really like adds to the tedium but um it's so boring that song is not fun to listen to no that's the podcast moment of of (laughs) of persona five yeah if you're going to go for a grind in persona five and you go into mementos chuck a podcast on chuck us on Keep your ears open for like some like because sometimes the characters have fun dialogue. That's true. They have really great dialogue. Yes, because <laughs> Yusuke is my favorite one. Was when he sees the treasure chest, he goes, "Look, a treasure chest. We could get some more money." And it, it, the way it's delivered, Matt Mercer, perfect, so good. What's Love he going to so do with that money? Like, what's he going to do with it? I don't know. Well, he never seems to have any. No, that's true. And then when he does, he buys lobsters. So fucking... he buys so many things that he shouldn't buy. Just he's the worst with my. And then like the other thing too, when he's packing for the the school trip and he's trying to decide what to take, and he's like, "Now should I take two or three canvases with me?" And they're like, "None. You you take <laughs> none with you." And he's take, like, "Yeah, zero nah. canvases." He's like, "I'm going to go with three. Now, what's the size I should take?" And everyone's just like, "Fucking, you're an idiot, Yusuke." Um, oh man, he's, he's a great. lovable idiot though. Good old Fox. Um, but yeah, that's all I've been playing this week. I l- literally, like, I've been working and, like, when I'm not 
when I've had time to sit in and play, I've been really tired and I've been sitting down and watching stuff. Um, and I, I watched Bill Nye Saves the World. I've watched quite a bit of that. That's really good as well um, on Netflix. Uh, random, random guests in it, but really great. Um, I also, and the other thing is too, it's kind of, I, I guess it's kind of related to Persona. Um, on Monday when you were visiting us, Kyron, I, uh, I competed in a one kilo burrito challenge. Oh my God. Um, and finished it. And now I have a sweet Lugidor mask. So you do. And I felt mm. bad every time I said I was full. I'm like, <laughs> I'm full from having my tiny little burrito. Like, oh, I actually, shame. I actually ate. I ate again that night too. Like I went to the supermarket and got a few things. I ate again. Like it got to a point where I was like, I, I don't need to eat, but I'm hungry. Like my, <laughs> I'm really hungry. So I guess I better eat some more. But uh, that's been my week. Um, we got to hang out, which was fun as well. You've yeah, heard about I, guess, that, so. I guess it was okay. I guess. It, was, it was good. It was good, <laughs> I guess. Um, but Karen, what have you been doing this week? What have you been playing? Uh, much like you, I have been doing the old working gig. So oh, yeah. haven't been playing much different. So I'm still plucking away at both Yakuza 0 and Snake Pass. Okay. So Yakuza 0, again, I've only done like another chapter. Another chapter and maybe two chapters. But like the story is really starting to sink its claws into me. Like I'm beginning to really enjoy the characters of Kiryu and Majima. Yeah. You've you've overtaken me now from where I was when I left the game. Um yeah, yeah so, it was already doing that to me as well. There's a certain point in um, we uh, like we can probably talk about it a little bit, like yeah, you know, if Yakuza came out. What was it back in February or something? I think it was February, yeah, because I was it's, using it's birthday money ago. for it. So yeah, yeah. So I mean, we won't spoil it, but like basically, your character Majima gets sent to take out a particular person. Yeah, because you, you, like to do that, like that—that's his. Way. He's been kicked out of the yakuza, and that's his yeah. way back in, essentially. Yeah, and if he doesn't do it, they're going to take him out. So you know, yeah, he so got much like option. Lose lose situation here. Yeah. So yeah, he basically gets sent to take him out. He tracks the mystery person he's going to take out down to like a. Would you say it's like a, a doctor's office? I guess. Yeah, it's like I think he's a chiropractor. Yeah, I think. Uh, something. Shout like out to that. Broad. Uh, shout yeah. out to Broad chiropractor there. Uh, and it doesn't quite go as, as you expect. Like, you meet this huge, muscular, tattooed Japanese dude, you're like, oh, that's him. Yeah. And, like, that, that fight scene is really cool, it's too. It's cool one of my fight. favorite fights in that game so far, yeah, for me. Yeah. And then, then the Yakuza turn up, and the shit just hits a fan. Oh, yeah. And the bombs get dropped, and you're just like, wait, what? And yep. What follows was a very, a sort of frustrating sequence, like, where you've got to, like, stay... Stay yeah, that, in stealth mm. that was kind of tedious it, yeah it wasn't too bad like i played much worse sort of oh, yeah. missions but yeah so basically was, the, the, the mechanics were like you could see on the map you could see where the enemies were and you had you were dragging along this lady with you who was blind so you know she mm-hmm. can't see on her own she needs you to help her that's fine you could press x to blend in like certain crowds but Something about, like, leaping the crowd, you'd always come out on the wrong side and have to, like, awkwardly walk around the crowd and get running to the yep. next area before the enemies came back. And it just, it also felt like it went on a little bit too long. But, hey, yeah. like, it wasn't it wasn't terrible, but... Yeah, I mean, you could say, uh, oh, well, it is actually a PS3 game, but then you look at Persona 5, which is also a PS3 yes. game. It's like, okay. But I guess it's also a bit easier to, like, like Japanese turn-based JRPG versus, like, not open world action game, but definitely like 
relatively large areas. Yeah, like open out, like areas that you can run around in. Like, yeah. Things are like having to work together, and it just yeah, that sequence is sort of dragged on a bit. But yep. the story stuff in that chapter. Yeah, that was like, cool, I'm in. Like, I am in for yep. this ride. Let's do this. Where that chapter ends is very interesting. And yes. I was like, wow, okay, cool. This is... <laughs> Much this like Persona 5, uh, if you have the time, uh, track mm-hmm. down Yakuza 0. Yep, absolutely. It's it's a really good game. I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm thinking, like I've said before, I'm thinking about probably after Persona, I'm going to go maybe play Horizon. Um, but after Horizon, I'm going to go back to Yakuza. Like, I, it's I, just... I, Juggling talking, all these good games, like oh yeah, but so like spoiled. talking about it, yeah, talking about it with you has made me go, fuck, I actually really like that game. I need to go back to it yeah. and set aside some time for it. As I said to you before we started recording, like the next chapter I've done, we with you know Dojima, mm-hmm. I'm even I'm even more invested. I'm like, let's keep going. I want to know where this story's going. I'm so I'm hooked. It's got yep. me. Yakuza yep. got me. It's uh, it's, it's cool. my it's mafia anime, and I'm all in. Yeah, it's really fun to sort of like sit back and look at it because obviously I played pretty much back to back. I like I had like Mass Effect in the middle, but I played Yakuza Zero and then went into Persona Five, and they sort of got a lot of similarities in the way that the games are played out. Like, there's a lot of side quests, and the side quests are actually really interesting story beats as well that like aren't essentially integral to the main storyline, but they are still really fun to do. Well, it's also just packed with random activities you can do, like a full bowling minigame, a batting yep. area. You've got karaoke, yep. you've got dancing. I just found um, uh, Japanese cat, like basically Japanese girl wrestling. Oh, wow. Yeah, it, it keeps going. <laughs> it's, and there's like the the, the um, model car racing. I love I that. I haven't that cool. found that yet. Oh, dude. It's like, I think it's in like the area with like Dojima's area. So it's Dojima's thing, is it? I'll have to, I I'll think to so, it yeah. It, there's like a building you can go to and there's a side quest to do with it as well. Okay. And then in, in terms of that, there's like a whole thing of like you can build your own carts from yeah. pieces and stuff that you can buy and then you can race. And it, it's yeah, it's like, it's essentially slot car racing, but it's yeah. really cool. Well, I've just fallen into the, the real estate mini game. Oh, so I'm like buying and like trying to like buy properties and send, you basically, you buy a property and you assign like a manager and a security officer to it. Yep. And basically anyone you've done the side stories for becomes like a, a person you hire. Oh, that's cool. And you can basically make them do stuff and like people who are, they've got like skills, they like areas they're best at. Like some people are good with uh, like restaurants and right. all that sort of stuff. And you can invest money, rank them up. And then when you go to get your payouts, the payouts are higher. And then you just, it's, oh, geez. Oh, oh, it's, there's a lot of things going on in that game, but like, it's worth it's worth spending time doing those yeah. things like there is a lot of fun elements and stories that are found within those sort of little mini games yeah definitely it's um i didn't mention that about persona though current i got my first uh rank 10 uh social link oh who was it it was um what's his name the the kid who runs the fan site ah uh, Mishima yeah he Mishima. was my first one too yeah because it's just it's easy like he's as easy it's, every time you meet him it's like level up it's easy and like he was the first one that was really sort of giving me a request so I was always like all right I'll go hang out with Mishima that's true and like he's, to be fair his skills that you get are pretty helpful so yeah and he's like once you've reached the end like he's got a, an interesting side story yeah I really I liked really his. liked the turning point of his of his social link. 
Even yes. though I even though I picked it like pretty early, and I'm like, this will be cool if we do that. And yeah, I, it. I actually didn't pick that, and when it happened, I was like, oh fuck, we're doing this. All right, okay, okay yeah, cool. This is really cool. great. I um, liked that. Yeah, but uh, yeah, Yakuza is really great. Yes, it's a good game. Uh, and apart from that, I am still plugging away at Snake Pass. Ah, how's that going? Uh, I've progressed probably. I guess I'm in the, the third zone now. I had my my grass area which went on for like four or five stages. I mean, I had a, uh-huh. like an area with water. Now I had a chance to have a bit of a play with this last week. Um, uh, we, after we record, like literally after we finished recording last week. Um, and you know why? Because I have my switch. You did. And you just chucked it into my dog and off we went. Yeah. Bam. Um, it was good. Actually, I, I, the, that was the first time I held a pro controller as well. So and it was nice. They are comfy. It was damn nice. Um, but yeah, you had just got to the point where you're going to a new, like, themed world. So how varied are these worlds? I have to say from from what I was doing to what I went to wasn't hugely different. There okay. was there was more water in the area because it was sort of it sort of felt like that was its theme. So I did get to swim a bit more. But I, okay, it it sort of just sort of increased incrementally the the climbing stuff, which was interesting because yep. I'm still. Still getting better at it. Still fall off a lot. Yep. Still not great at it. Still not great. Still having fun. Like it's it's good. Yeah, I think, I think it. We, yeah, it does successfully sort of take that collectathon stuff that ukulele was like, hey, hey, look at us, nostalgia. Except it does it differently enough that it it's fun. Yeah, like and like when you said last week about it, and everyone, most people who've played Snake Pass have said this about the fact that. You know, the controls, they're, they're weird, but, like, you get used to it after a while, and it sort of starts to make sense. They are weird. Like, I like in the five minutes I played of it, um, five, ten minutes or whatever I did of it, um, it it's it's strange, but it's really fun, and it's, yeah. it feels... There is, there is a bit of a, a knack to it as well that you have to sort of, like, get the, the left to right sort of um, slithering, I guess, right? Yeah. Uh, but once you get that, it feels really cool and feel really cool. And like, it, it almost feels a little bit like I am bread. Like you've got to like press this button and this button at the same time. Obviously, a little less like meant to be trolly, but um, <laughs> like because I am bread is just a troll game. Uh, and like it, it makes sense, but like it's a little fiddly. Um, yeah, in a good yeah. way though. It's something that you yeah, as you play it longer, you you pick up on it. But yeah. as I said, there's still like some climbing stuff I fall off and go, oh, damn it. But I'm getting there. Getting better. Yep. Awesome. That's, That's about it. Do you That's know what? It. But Joel, neither of us have been playing Mario Kart, Joel. We haven't. No, we haven't had a chance oh. to pick it up yet. I, I almost oh, I, did today. You nearly did? I almost did. I was like, I could technically afford it. And I was like, oh, I could. I could just go and get it. Uh, and I still might. Like, it all depends on whether or not I go to Supernova on Sunday. So if... That's the thing. I could have afforded yeah. it a day ago. Right. Yes. Bah. Did you want to touch on that? I mean, sure. It's not It's not a huge story. It's just the story of Kyron and his paying money to see Natalie Dormer at Supernova on Sunday. Right. Yep. So, like, literally for the whole month, I've been sitting there going, do I want to book a photo with her at 3.30? I don't know. Uh... And then on Tuesday, it sold out. And I was like, oh, Damn it! You know what? I I did want that. Yep. So I so I bought my autograph. So I was like, "Cool, let's get an autograph. It's fine." I, I damn it! I should have booked a photo. And then yep. on Friday, I was like, "You know what? Maybe maybe someone has 
opted out and I'll go refresh and it's like, haha, there's now a 510 opening and oh. I and I bought a tick. I bought it. So I'm spending a lot of money on Sunday and unfortunately yep. my Mario Kart money went to Natalie Dormer. So Yes. Well, look, if I go to if I go to Supernova, I'm not just going to Supernova, I'm gonna be paying money to probably get a photo with the one, the only Nolan North. Um, because I have to meet Nathan Drake in person. <laughs> Um, I actually thought about what I want to say to him too. If I do go, I do. I want to be like, I love you in Uncharted, but I think your performance in Spec Ops: The Line is one of your best. The range of emotion you show from start to finish in that game is very, very excellent. Oh yeah, definitely. Like me, me mm. talking to Natalie Dormer is just going to be like fumbling over my own words. Oh, see, look in my head. That's what I'm going to say. Yeah. If I meet him, I'm going to be like, <laughs> you're really, you're really great. You're Nathan Drake. You're- <laughs> You're cool. Do the voice. <laughs> yeah, do, do it. Do it. Do the oh crap, oh crap, oh crap. Like, uh, do, uh, just walk up to him and say, Marco. Oh, that's that's the one. That Oh, but yeah, do you reckon? Anyway, we'll report back <laughs> next week with our findings on uh, on our, our uh, encounters with Natalie Dormer and Nolan North. I just want to Hopefully. see if she if she has as much trouble hating Jonathan Price as I do. <laughs> it seems to be a common thing. Like I, yeah. I feel like you would it would be hard to try and detest that. He's man, a cool but, dude, but yeah. God damn it, Jonathan Price. Yeah, this is all yeah. your fault. Yeah. Anyway, it, the, mm, anyway, watch Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, yeah. Uh, cool. Um, so yeah, hope I might pick it up. But I'm also I'm also potentially going to the zoo on Monday for my two Zoo's, year wedding anniversary. So zoo's a good time, honestly. Mario Kart is forever, but zoo like exactly. I could sway it and be like, I bought us a present for our anniversary, darling. That's no not gonna job. fly. That's not gonna you fly have to at all. Play Persona. I do, and that's the other reason why I was like, I don't need it right now. I'll buy exactly. it. Exactly. Like, I don't need it right now. It, it's not like I'm gonna be like behind the curve. I'm gonna get spoiled. Because one, there's nothing to spoil, and two, I've pretty much played everything that's got yeah. with it. So um, that's my, that was I'm my reasoning too. I'm still digging mm. with Yakuza. I've got Snake Pass, so I'm good yeah. there. But I, I do, I will pick it up because I love Mario Kart Eight. And there's no real like chances in like I don't, there's no real super locked in plans that we're going to be hanging out together in the future. If there was, I probably would have been swayed to get it more because I would have been like, cool. While we're doing this thing, we could play Mario Kart. Yeah, and if we're playing online right now, I'd say we're more likely to play overwatch well that's it too we've only got there's only a few days of this event left joel i have not i've hardly done anything in it um, <laughs> oh joel we, we haven't listened to our news the story of how blizzard gets kind to boot up heroes of oh, the storm i was actually going to bring that up because i actually just re-downloaded <laughs> we, heroes of the storm we, we may as well touch on it now shall we okay yeah well it's kind of a new story anyway because um it's uh, heroes week- isn't it 2.0 Heroes 2.0. So Heroes of the Storm had basically, not a relaunch, but it was sort of like their second season or like, I, I think, because it's, it's been a bit over a year. Actually, yeah, it's been about like 18 months or so since Heroes went live. Um, and this is sort of their second phase, again, I guess you could say. Um, they've like retooled how like progression stuff. So... Um, you get an overall level now that's combined from all your heroes, where previously it was like every individual hero you played as had a different level that you could level up, um, which was cool, but like the new one's a little bit more streamlined. Uh, they've added loot chests. Of course um, they have. Yep. So uh, And like multiple types of loot chests. Um, 
so I had a fun time because I logged in and for having played it, like I haven't played it a whole lot, but I've played it a bit. Um, they gave me like five normal ones and five uh, legendary ones or epic ones, or whatever they're called. Um, so I got to open like ten loot chests, and that was like that was like really cathartic. It's like, oh yes, this is good. Um, I got some cool stuff out of it. Um, also, if at the moment, if you are playing Heroes of the Storm, or if you are interested in playing it again, I would log into your Blizzard account within the next month. Um, because they're doing, uh, uh, you can basically, they give you 100 gems, which is they've added a new currency. Oh, actually, I think they already had it there. I'm not sure. But they've added, uh, they give you 100 gems, basically. And you can use those to buy one of four, like, mega bundles of characters. Uh, and each bundle comes with 20 characters. So, and they're different themed ones. There's, like, a support one. There's, like, a tanks and bruises one. There's a, and a couple, there's two more as well. I can't remember them off the top of my head. Assassin's one, maybe, I think. Um, and they've all got like characters in them. Um, and so you can spend your hundred gems and basically get 20 characters for free. So my, my character count now is up to like, I've got 36 playable characters that I can use on top of whatever gets put in. I think they're still doing weekly rotation. So whatever gets put in weekly rotation that I can pick from as well, which makes it great for, um, completing quests as well. Cause sometimes it'll be like play five games as a, this class or play five games as this character. So it makes it a little bit easier on that side of things. Um, but in doing so, uh, oh. continuing with the constant crossovers, they seem to be doing with, I mean, all blizzard games, but the overwatch ones are pretty prominent because not only do you get stuff in heroes of the storm for doing stuff, uh, stuff taking part of those events. Um, you also get stuff in overwatch. Uh, now here's the thing. Originally, yeah. I didn't care because it was like, oh, it's a Genji skin. Yep, uh, it looks cool, but I'm not a Genji player, so it I barely cared, and me. I still got it. I was like, ah, it's an excuse for me to play some more Heroes of the Storm. Um, but this time, Joel, yeah, Kyron, what do they add this time? This time they've gone too far because they've added a new Diva skin. I play a lot of Diva, so therefore I need the skin. I also think it because it, it's like it's Officer Diva, basically. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's actually a really cool looking skin. Yeah, um, so she's obviously in a in like a, an officer getup, but her yep. her diva mech has like the little police lights on the top of it. It's yep. got like the blue and white uh, color color set. It looks great. It reminds me of um, what's the name of the robot from like the the, the bad robot from RoboCop? Like the oh, I can't I can't remember. remember it's been a head, long time, but like like the like the the stop resisting. Robot. Oh yes, oh yeah. yes, it, does. it reminds me of that. Like because it's like police themed and yeah, it is sort of what, boxier as well. That looks at it. Yeah, yeah. Because when I first saw it, I'm like, I get it. I think that's what they're going oh, for there. That's really cool. So that so basically, yeah, they're running a promotion. The ne- yep. yeah Nexus Challenge 2.0 is it? Is that the one? Yeah, so they're doing like four weeks of like. So at the moment, it's if you play five games with friends, you get, I think you get five loot boxes, and you get the Genji skin again. Oh yeah, you get the Genji skin again. I've already got that. It's fine. Um, but next week is the the Diva event, so yes. we get the Diva skin. So that's I think when you get a spray I will be as well. Playing. Uh, I think the spray is actually in the third week. You get a spray and a player oh, icon. Okay, cool. And then the fourth um, week is like the ten loot boxes. Yep. Like, uh, oh, but Karen, I will gladly take you through some Heroes of the Storm. I'm bummed because it sounds like Diva's not in it yet, only... No, that's the other thing that happened as well. So after they did a big live stream where they talked about all the new stuff um, when just before it went live. Uh, and at the end of it, they said that we, they were going to have a new um, short, basically. 
uh, and they were going to announce who the next character was in that short. So the short itself, because they've just added Genji as a playable character as well in Heroes of the Storm. It was a uh, good short, by the way. It was a really great short. Um, I'll get to that in a second. But they've added they've added Genji uh, as a playable character, but there's also, uh, you can play it on Hanamura now. So that's a map within um, within Heroes of the Storm, complete with payloads as well. Oh, really? Um, Wait, yes. Payloads isn't in Hanamura. I know. I know, I know, but they're, I suspended bullets. Breaking like, the illusion, yeah. Joel. I think that's like because each. That's the cool thing about Heroes of the Storm is each map has like a different, like sort of twist to it, where they're also like they have like a different objective. Like one, it might be like go to this area and kill this thing, collect all this stuff. There's a really cool garden one where like um, it turns to nighttime, and basically all these like like demon plants spawn. If you got to kill them and collect all the stuff that they drop. And the team with the more of those can turn... One of their players can turn into, like, this giant, like, Audrey 2 from fucking Little Shop of Horrors-looking plant monster beast. Um, and basically becomes, like, the, like, mega tank for your team. Ah, uh, um, okay. Yeah, so there's, like, different different uh, variations on each map, which is really cool. And it's what I, it's what I love about Heroes of the Storm. Like, I don't... I'm not a MOBA player by any stretch of the imagination. But, again, with that Blizzard magic, they've made... A format that I felt was a little bit inaccessible for me, more accessible. And it seems like that with 2.0, they're making it even more accessible for new players to come in as well. And hey, even um, if it's not accessible, they're chucking a diva skin in there. So you'll be exactly. there. Exactly. Yeah, it's fine. You'll be there. Yeah. I'll be there. I'll be there. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm down. But yeah, it's, it's, I'm, I'm excited to see what you think about that. That'll probably be in a, a couple of weeks' time we'll have a chat about that. But yeah. Um, but yeah, the short that they released was basically Genji fighting Diablo. Heck um, yeah, it was Genji which versus was, Diablo. It was like, holy shit, this is great. And then... I uh, clearly sort of, wasn't a pro Genji, though. Wasn't a pro Genji, because Diablo had the upper hand until uh, Old Mate Diva showed up and saved the day, which was really cool. Do you know the one thing that kind of made me sad about that entire sequence? Mm. It was so cool watching Genji and Diva like team up. I'm like, oh, I wish, I wish that was a thing in Overwatch. Like, I loved how Genji was on top of Diva's mech as she yeah. was flying around. I'm like, oh, that's that was cool. really cool. Oh, I wish I could do that in Overwatch. <laughs> I'm excited to see how Diva plays because from all the Overwatch characters they've added in, um, because obviously Overwatch is the Blizzard franchise that I know the most out of the ones that are represented in Heroes of the Storm. Um. Like, I know who Kerrigan is, and I know who, like, Raynor is from StarCraft, and I know... But do you know who Diablo is? I know who Diablo is. Are Diablo you sure? Is, Diablo is fucking fun to play as in Diablo. I, I I think Diablo is the first character I paid, like, in-game currency for. I was I like, I it, fucking need to have Diablo. It's Diablo 3 Diablo, isn't it? There are skins as well. Oh, okay. Excellent. I think there are... There are. I think there's, like, OG Diablo and stuff as well. Cool. Um and cool. I'm sure now because they've added heaps more skins and, and cosmetic stuff as well with this 2.0 update. But um, yeah, I, I'm excited. I'm excited to play some some Heroes of the Storm with you, Karin. I'm excited to to play it, I guess, but I'm more excited <laughs> to get this Diva skin. <laughs> I know. You don't have to lie to me, Karin. I know you're not super excited about playing it. It's fine. I, I'm you're... not a MOBA person. And I, no. I understand but it, it this sort of worked for you. I'm curious to see if it does me. I might like it. Yeah. I, I basically have enjoyed it most of the things that I played by Blizzard. So I could like yeah. it. But but like, that's the thing. Like, I, like, it's not like, it's, it's not something I'm playing. I'm not like check logging in every day, doing my dailies and all that kind of shit. I'm yeah. like, I'll check back in every like six months and go, Oh yeah, here's the storm. I'll play that. When they do these Overwatch events, I'm like, yeah, I actually really enjoy that game. I'll play it again. 
um, and like playing with your housemate was the last time for the Genji skin. Um, I had a lot of fun. It was great. Like you know, we'll just we'll boot up the Discord chat. We'll we'll jump in. We'll play some rounds. It'll be I, it'll be fun at the very least. We'll just play. I think because it for the, the the Genji skin it counted if you played against AI with other team like other players. I think yep. you're just gonna play with a friend in whatever mode. So. It's not so much like I, unless they've retooled that with 2.0, but I'm not sure yet. I haven't looked into it yet. Like I said, I booted it up, opened my loot boxes, and then I went back to playing Persona 5. So, <laughs> um, and I bought my my mega bundle as well because I wanted to make sure I got that. So, did get Kerrigan though in my mega bundle. Oh, That's cool. cool. Kerrigan, so got Kerrigan cool. now. Even um, if she is the character con- like constantly being screwed over in the StarCraft lore. Just oh god, constantly yeah, constantly yeah. getting screwed over. But whatever. She's gone. She's back. She's gone. <laughs> she's back. Um, we fixed you. You're you're broken again. We fixed you. Nah, yay. just kidding. Queen of Blades. Come on, <laughs> give Kerrigan a break. <laughs> poor, poor Kerrigan. Anyway, we should probably move into some other news topics, shouldn't we? Yeah, a very, very uh, nice change into news there. Yeah. Well, I, I actually I didn't even think to put it on the list. That's yeah. No, it's just as we as I brought up Overwatch, I'm like, oh no, but. The diva skin. Yeah, it started to come to me as well. I was like, fuck, I, I didn't play it, but I could bring that up. Anyway, um, cool. So we've got some, some juicy stats for our first news story. Got some numbers. Some 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 delectable numbers. Um, <laughs> there's the episode title there, delectable numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, PlayStation have come out and said the numbers for their... What was it for? Yeah. Basically, their they end of financial year stuff that they've started talking about. Um, and they've said that the PS4 has shipped 60 million units. That's that damn impressive. There's a lot of units. Um, yeah, and they, they said that it shipped 20 million units last fiscal, fiscal year, uh, financial year and expects to ship another 18 million during the 2017 financial year. So it's basically, as, as uh, people have been pointing out, tracking alongside or at least close to the PS2 numbers. Yep, which is pretty impressive. Yeah, PS2 being a, a runaway success. Exactly, yeah. Like, it was the one that sort of shot the uh, the PlayStation brand into the stratosphere, um, you would argue, I guess. Um, yeah, and I the mean... PS, I... the PS3 had its, you know, mm. Mm, poor PS3, but uh, it had a hard time. But I think, yeah, they're no, back on track now. It was Sony's doing, really. Oh, absolutely, by making a console that was, like, near impossible to, to develop for. That's... Oh, what, a, yeah, what, a, what a disaster of a platform uh, yeah, that must have been. It was a bit of a clusterfuck. Um, but, yeah, so... And it seems like Sony are being a little less smug nowadays as well. They've sort of climbed down off their high horse. Good. To some extent. Um, so that's that's always good to know. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of cool. I mean, we're, we're both um, part of that 60 million, so... Yeah, yeah, I... I picked mine up like a yeah. while ago now does this say that, is, is that just like base ps4 units or is that i i don't I, think it mentions the breakdown between pro and pro. regular so i'm not sure if it's combined or not it's hard i mean to it's tell. only been about six months or so eight months since the pro yeah. launched anyway i guess so they probably haven't got super detailed data on that it'd be a rough and number sony seemed pretty clear when they put the pro out it wasn't a replacement so maybe they just don't think it's important enough to break the numbers down yeah yeah I'm sure but, uh, if, like, they've got a detailed report that you could read and see the individual sales, but... Yeah. I Yeah, but I think I thought it was kind of cool to sort of touch on that and sort of mm. go, well done, Sony. Um, 
I'd be interested to hear about Microsoft's numbers as well because I'm sure yeah. we'll get them in the next couple of weeks or so because we're getting to that point where the numbers start to come out about everything that everyone who is okay with having their numbers published yeah. some people out. some some people don't like it. It's fine. Yeah, exactly. Uh, which I guess brings us to our next one because uh, Nintendo uh, seemed to be onto a bit of a winner here with the Nintendo Switch. Um, how many of the uh, Switch units have we sold in the first month? Well, since since the Switch launch at the start of March, the Nintendo have sold 2.74 million units, which is pretty damn good. Like, they That's, predicted uh, originally that would sell 2 million by March 31st. So, That's, you know, yeah. exceeding expectations is nice. Yeah, and I I think they said they wanted to try and sell 10 million, 10 million within the first 12 months, I think, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, some, uh, I think it was some, yeah. roughly something like that. Yeah, something like they definitely. I think they're starting to, to see. It's like, oh, we've, we've, we can, we've got some momentum here. We can roll with. Yeah, good. It, and the it, fact that like it's it the the. I mean, in Australia, it's been pretty relatively easy to get a hold of. Um, um I work in a in a retail store today, and right because of Mario Kart, we sold four switches, four wow. copies of Mario Kart, and two copies of Zelda. Whoa, so, that's crazy like that's that's a lot of that's, that's for for the small town i'm from that's not bad for like a day of switch sales really yeah and, um, and like it's uh, i think now that mario kart's out it could be more constant I, I think so too well i was just going to say in america it seems to be pretty scarce to try and find pick up a switch mm. but um apparently pick a country I, think, I guess well that's true as well uh toys r us were selling saying yes we are going to have nintendo switches back in stock with mario kart 8 on launch day yeah so I, they're like, you have to line up for it. <laughs> so, but <laughs> it's, the fact of the matter is that they had them there and they were, they were selling them with Mario Kart 8. And I think that's that's a good thing. I think looking at the fact that Zelda was such a good... Say what you will about the fact that Zelda was delayed and all the, the rumors going around about whether or not it was delayed because it was going to come to the Switch. And that's why I wanted it as a launch We can title. basically put those... Like, it... That's why it happened. Absolutely. It 100% was. But it's... And the, the proof is in the follow-up to that. Well, that's exactly right. Because uh, Breath of the Wild sold 2.76 million units, Joel. Right. So it okay. sold more, more copies of the game than the Switch itself. Yeah. Um... Which is, first of all, it's pretty crazy to hear of a game that's got a 100% attach rate. Like Exactly. That's Like, that's insane. Crazy. If it's on a pack-in, like, that, that's insane. <laughs> And that's just that's that's just switch copies, isn't it? Does that yes. entail the? Uh, it doesn't. I think it was like it's one point oh eight million for the, the game on Wii U. So on that's Wii a U. great start for Zelda. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, but okay, so thinking about the fact that there was <laughs> this hundred percent attach rate, I was thinking about that and going, how the fuck is that possible? Two things. Obviously, it's the it includes the people who bought it phys- uh, digitally on day one, and then also bought a collector's edition. Yeah. So that would factor into it. But I mean, that's not a whole lot. But there are people out there, and I know one of them. We both know one of them because I heard uh, Lauren from OK Games talking about uh, like a few weeks ago before she got her Switch. Um, they bought a copy. Her, her, her and her partner bought a copy. Um, and they were like, oh, cool. Have you played it yet? She's like, no, no, we've just got the game. We just thought we, we should probably just pick it up. <laughs> so well, I, I was like, okay, that's, there are people who are doing that. So to be fair, I have. I have heard of a couple of people, like in particular, I was, I can't remember who exactly it was. It was a Kotaku editor. Mm. They tweeted that 
so basically they had the game but they left their their hard copy of the game at the office so they downloaded it they bought a <laughs> digital copy to play it at home and like that wouldn't surprise me either no absolutely not like so there's there's a reasoning for it it's still it's still pretty funny though it's it's still funny and it's still relatively insane like that that's that's crazy that they've that, that these numbers are are coming out now and the fact that like the way that they are falling is insane yeah so basically right. the total switch total software sales for the switch is about 5.46 million which is pretty good considering that's that fantastic a lot of people still sledge it saying it's the zelda machine and that there's nothing to play and all this sort of shit when every every week since launch there's been at least one thing of note on that on that uh, e-shop yeah, there's still stuff I want to get to on the Switch for that. Absolutely, I saw. Obviously, well, not a tentpole like Zelda, but of course, lots of little, little, little small things to nibble at. But all those little small things add up, and that's the thing. Like oh, those, yeah. they add up to this five point four six million. Like it's, um, like watching you play what you played. Uh, you showed me a little bit of uh, Spectre of Torment as well while you were here, the Shovel Knight DLC, and I was like, I've been wanting to play it, but seeing it in action, I was like, fuck, I really want to play Shovel Knight again, like. And it, I, the fact that I played Shovel Knight portably in the first place, I bought it for my 3DS. That's where I played it. So the fact that I can play it on my TV and portably this time, it's like, uh, okay, I need to set aside $30 at some point post-Persona. But we'll get to it. <laughs> we'll get to it. But yes, well done, Nintendo. Yeah, um, like, I, like it's, it's obviously still too early to tell if this success will continue. But mm-hmm. if they, with the, with the steady feed of releases they've got coming up it's good and whatever we get announced at e3 which which probably mentioned as well they've they they aren't doing a show they're doing a direct i think they said it makes it? sense i think it works best for them they're doing a digital presentation uh, it would it would be a little it'd be hard for them to go and do another live event after i guess the backlash they received from the japanese one uh for the switch it makes well, sense I mean, for them to go. All right, cool. No, it'd be different, like because it would probably be more um, Western built. But yeah, I don't know. I kind of, I, I do like their digital things. They'll still probably have. I guess they'll have a treehouse there, so that'll sort of provide some yeah. live stuff. So that'll uh, be. Did good. they? Uh, did they say they're going to be at the show floor as well? They haven't. I don't think they've said yet. But okay, okay. they have to be right. I mean, <laughs> right? yeah. I mean, this is the company that brought one game to the show floor last year and still yeah. had lines out the door. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, like, that's, you know... They're also, they, hmm. also hosting a Splatoon 2 tournament at E3 as well. Yes, they are, which is really cool. As well, as well, Joel, as, mm, as sprinkling little Splatoon 2 story teasers. Right! Yeah, that was interesting as well. Which uh, basically seems to, like, hint that the last Splatfest of Splatoon 1, which was basically a war between do you like Callie or Mari more... Mm-hmm. It's gonna like contribute to the story of the next game. There's 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 fallout from that. Like that's crazy. I, I wish Nintendo, I'd gotten involved. Nintendo put me too. Nintendo put up a post. It was like after the event, like the results came in and they left arm in arm, and everyone thought they were happy, or so they thought. Dot dot dot, and that's where they left it. And it's like what? What Splatoon two having like fucking the Splatoon franchise having a like an in-depth story and lore and universe like bit fans affected yeah like who are you blizzard like i'm, I'm interested <laughs> to see what happens i'm super excited for splatoon 2 yeah me too uh we have to wait long it's only like a month away isn't it uh two months because Ar- yes. arms is first arms and is first. A, a new arms character got announced as well like some oh, weird, really 
DNA man, I think his name is. Up, oh, I can already. I don't, I've not seen a picture, but he's I, like I already a, have a vivid image already. I mean, if you Google DNA man arms, he's like a green sort of blob guy. I guess is the best way to describe okay, him. Not he looks pretty thinking. goofy. Let's have a look now. This is live reactions. <laughs> it was pretty no. recent. Like I, I think I got home. Helix. Helix. Yeah, he's Helix slash DNA man. Yeah. So there you go, Joel. That's the new arms character. Oh, okay. No Min Min, but you know, not bad. Yeah, it's, uh, I, look, I, I'm on board with him, actually. I kind of like his little visor. Anyway. <laughs> um, cool. Well done, Nintendo. You're doing well. We obviously yeah, just love you. capitalize on A3. Um, well, I guess we're not we, done. <laughs> we should keep the Nintendo train rolling, yeah? Because they decided, Joel, out of nowhere, no one saw it coming. Like, a friend of ours, Broad, posted in the chat a link to something. I was like, what? That's fake. But it wasn't. It was real. Nope. Nintendo announced a new Nintendo 2DS XL. Right. Okay. So, few things here. Uh <laughs> It doesn't have 3D, obviously, because it's Makes a 2DS. Sense. Like, they've been moving away from 3D for a while now. Exactly. It does fold. It, it is a it is closable, unlike the original 2DS, and it is able to play new 3DS titles. So things like Xenoblade Chronicles and that's about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. There was oh, something and, else and like, like uh, Hyrule Warriors, I think. Oh, yeah, that was the other one. Hyrule Warriors on 3DS as well, and Fire um, Emblem Warriors when it comes out this year. Yeah, so, look, I don't okay, know. Okay, a few things. Yep. I actually kind of like how it looks. The, the I was just about to say that. The the visual design of it looks really nice. It's very Switch-like. Nice. I, I like the aqua and the sort of black colours. Yeah. And uh, I also, it makes sense to go for like, they always do this with their with their handhelds usually, I guess, especially. They go for that, that real budget one. To try yeah, to exactly. It's like, look, if you, don't have, if you don't have a 3DS and you can't quite afford a Switch, get this. Like, Yeah, yeah. exactly. I, I think it's like 200 bucks Australian. Yeah. So that's actually what's really good about it. So it's 150 American, which if right. you do the conversions and like with tax, it should add up to about 201. So yep. getting it for 199 is not bad. Yeah, exactly. It's pretty on, on point, which is matching up to what Nintendo have said in the past, like leading up to the Switch, that they want to try and have a bit of a standard price all around the world. Um, I, I think I remember hearing them say something about that. They wanted to have sort of like, they wanted to have their pricing sort of similar in most markets, especially I with mean, the Switch in terms of like being region free. Exactly. So. It makes sense if you're going region free. Mm. Uh, what's interesting is it comes out July 28 in America and Europe and okay. Australia gets it uh, June 15th around that time. So this happened with the original new 3DS XL. Curious. I remember we got it earlier as well. Because that lines up... It lines up with toy sale season. Ah, uh, uh, of course. Yeah. So get all those parents buying them as, like, early Christmas presents, locking them down. Hey, look, I, I this, this actually is related to me. This is actually pretty cool because... Uh, my wife and I have talked about buying her uh, eldest nephew a 3DS because he's been really getting into Pokemon since Pokemon Go. He's about six or seven now. Uh, I think he just turned six the other day. Um, and he like loves playing Pokemon Go on his mum's phone. And I was like, Ash, we should 
we should get him like an actual Pokemon game. <laughs> and she's like, oh, I don't know, maybe, maybe. And the more we spoke about it, we're like, yeah, we really should, shouldn't we? And she's like, yeah, I think it might be a good idea. So I, I was thinking about getting like Sun or Moon, um, because they're pretty easily accessible. Those games, absolutely. Um, and yeah, this this two hundred bucks, like if we both both go halvesies in it. That's awesome. I'm I'm totally down for that. So yeah. that's actually that's a good point. The toy sale thing, yeah, yeah. It's it, again, it's a move that makes sense. Nintendo typically does it, and again, it it does play nice for those people who, who maybe can't afford a Switch. And the 3DS has an amazing library just sitting there oh, as well. Oh, absolutely, yeah. There's so much to play on that. Um, they also announced some more, um, like, 3DS Nintendo Selects games, but I can't remember any significant uh, ones. Yeah, I can't. I, I haven't got that info here. I think, like, two, two I remember is, like, Donkey Kong Country Returns 3D is one of them, and so is the Paper Mario... Paper Jam one, I think. Right. Uh, Mario and Luigi Paper Jam. Nothing, not, it was, wasn't anything spectacular. No Smash yeah. Brothers. Smash isn't no, one yet. Mm, yeah, no. That's, that's, that's a good port. That 3DS port's pretty good. Yeah, it was good. It was good. Um, cool. So, I think we'll, we'll call it on the Nintendo talk now. You could, if, if you're not a fan of Nintendo, you can come back now. It's fine. <laughs> it's also, also, but you probably tuned out like 20 episodes yeah, ago. If you don't like Nintendo, you, you probably was like, yeah, these guys aren't for me. Yeah, yeah. If you don't like like Nintendo, Persona, or Overwatch, yeah, you're out. Um <laughs> we're no good for you. I'm sorry. Uh, but this next story is pretty interesting. Kyron, we had a pretty cool trailer come out this week. I didn't expect it. I, me neither. It just sort of happened. And I was like, Oh, okay. Yep. This is happening. All right. Let, let's, let's watch it. Uh, Marvel versus Capcom infinite released. Not only a trailer, they released a story trailer. So there is a story element to, Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. And it um, looks goofy as heck. It looks crazy. It, it reminds me of what they used to do with Smash Brothers. Like, it reminds me, for better or worse, of, like, Subspace Emissary, like, which I quite enjoyed. I thought it was kind of fun. But Look, it it was okay. It, they, the, they were trying the, new things. The level design wasn't fantastic. No, no, absolutely not. But it was fun. It was fun to go through and have those, like, team-ups and all those little, like, intro movies that you got. Like, they were great. Um... But yeah, so Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. Basically, it's uh, sort of the two bad guys, like head bad guys from oh, either franchise. Yeah. Like, it's it's yeah. Ultron from Marvel yep. and Sigma from Mega Man. Yep, Specifically, the one up. I'm thinking of is, is Mega Man X. Yeah. Uh, so, and yeah, they're teaming up. to be, They have become Ultron Sigma, which is, like, it's lazy in the fact that they put just put their two names together, but... I'll be damned if it doesn't sound fucking badass together. Like, I that mean, name says great. Who was the baddie in Marvel vs. Capcom 3? It was just Galactus, wasn't it? I think it was Galactus, yeah. Yeah, um, he sucked. Yeah, he and it, he just had to punch his face a lot. I remember doing yeah. that. Yeah. Was, but if if there is, like, a really cool... Because, I mean, the story mode in, in 3, from memory, wasn't anything special. It was just, like... It was battle after battle after battle. Yeah, basically. But if they... It looks like what they're doing is putting in effort, maybe, to... Have some yeah. sort of little character moments. I'm not expecting like, much, but you know, I would expect maybe around like maybe Mortal Kombat. Apparently, people who played the Street Fighter Five story mode, it could be similar to that, but that wasn't okay. very good. So I don't oh, okay. know. All right. Well, as long I'm as it's excited. there at launch, as long as it's there at launch, I'm like yeah, Street well. Fighter Five. That's fine. Speaking um, of which, like the launch date is this September. Yeah, exactly. So it announced the the, the release date. Um, <clears throat> now, okay. 
So he, I, well, actually, well, before I get into that, there's a whole bunch of new characters as well that got confirmed. So, um, so Captain Marvel, Iron Man, Captain America, Ryu, Mega Man X, and Morrigan were the original ones that got announced. Uh, yep. The new ones that got announced today were obviously uh, Ultron, Hulk, uh, Hulk, Thor, Hawkeye, and Rocket Raccoon. And from Capcom, we've got Chun-Li, Strider, Hiryu, uh, and Resident Evil's Chris Redfield. Um, which was, that was funny in the trailer when like everyone else is like getting the shit kicked out of them by Ultron Sigma. And then the last person to turn around and like fires, a, like Chris is standing on top of like a corpse of something and then fires a bullet. And it's like, really? This, I, I, I had a good gun's gonna do it as well. I'm like, come on, Chris, man. Come it's on, like, Chris. I, I admire your, your optimism, but no, oh, this is not going to go well. Um, so yeah, so we've got some new characters, uh, release date. Also a collector's edition. A ridiculous collector's edition. Ridiculous collector's edition. It comes with four statues and uh, a box with all the infinity stones in it. It's worth noting that the four statues basically form a diorama. Yeah, they all like link together. I don't know how big they're going to be, but even still, that's so fucking cool. And it was... I can't remember the characters off the top of my head. It's uh, So it's Mega Man X. Yep. Chun-Li, Captain Marvel, and Iron Man. Yep. So interesting choices there. Like the Captain Marvel one, I was like, oh, okay. But also kind of makes sense that they're kind of gearing up now, I guess, to sort of get the name of Captain Marvel out there. Yeah, definitely. For the uh, cinematic universe anyway. Um, so again, a couple of things. You mentioned in our group chat as well the fact that <coughs> a lot of the absences from the the non-Marvel cinematic universe, so far anyway, but... I wouldn't be surprised if that's the way it goes. Um, people like Wolverine, Magneto, uh, and Deadpool. Both, mm-hmm. well, all three very big, sort of like pretty big staples for the the previous Marvel vs. Capcom games. Um, Wolverine especially has been in all of them, I think. So yeah, Wolverine, I'm pretty sure, has been in all three games. Uh, people have been sort of holding out hope because... Uh, the the announcement of, of the release date and the special edition and la 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 yep. also mentioned you know DLC characters right so people are basically like hey that's probably where they're going to turn up if anywhere exactly and look this doesn't seem out of place in terms of like you know you look at Street Fighter Five uh, for better or worse they've been releasing pretty consistently a lot of DLC and and content for that game. Um, yeah, that's maybe a, that's some still content. Yeah, weird. maybe some content that should have been in the game anyway. But um, it seems to be like that they're, they're looking at Street Fighter Five as more of a platform rather than yes. just an, a new iteration. And with, with a name like Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite, it seems to be maybe the way they're going to go with uh, with this series as well, which is not a bad thing. I don't think maybe. I mean, I think for Street Fighter Five, it definitely makes sense because. God, yeah. how many versions of like Street Fighter Four was there? Was yeah, like at Street least Fighter, three or Four. Look at fucking Street Fighter Two. Yeah, we're still, exactly. We're getting a new Street Fighter Two game this year. Like, I still can't believe that. Like, fucking yeah. Anyway, um, so yeah, I, it kind of makes sense. Um, but here's the question I want to pose about this, Karen, because I mentioned it to to our group chat this week. Uh, what are the chances of a Switch version? Of Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite, we can dr- we can dream. Yeah, look, I, I fuck it. That'd be if that was on the Switch. Like, I'm probably going to get this game because that that story trailer kind of tipped me over the edge. I was like, yeah, right. I'm in. This is cool. I, I, I mean, and hearing all you guys talk about it, I'm like, all right. Well, I've got people to play with 
online as well, so to speak. I can play against people. Um, but man, if that was on Switch, like, I mean, I, it, anything that's multiplayer, I yeah. do want on Switch. Capcom, this, I, I think, think, has possible. been considering making the Switch a more serious thing they focus on. Yep. So it could happen. I, I don't know if it'll be like same day at launch if it happens. Yeah, this would be a great first step for them to, to sort of come onto the Switch, like with a, such a big name game. Um, and I mean, like the games are pretty, I, I guess, visually demanding because with any fighting game, you need them to run at fairly high frame rates because that's where, like, ex- any moment where frames are dropped is is uh, a hindrance to it. Oh, yeah, definitely. Game, so. Especially with, with um the sort of button inputs you have to do for these as well. Oh, exactly, yeah. I mean, like, even with Smash... But, but this is the thing. So Smash Brothers on the Wii U ran pretty flawlessly um, for the most part. I mean, if you get into, like, eight-player Smashes and, and lots of items and things like that, that can sort of impair it a little bit. But, I mean, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. I can... We can hope, but... Um, and it might not happen, but I would really like to see this game on the Switch. Yeah, I'm, I'm crossing my fingers. I really am. Yeah, I think it'd be um, it'd be a lot of fun. Oh man, standing in lines at packs playing fucking Marvel vs. Capcom. Hell yeah, that'd be unless great. We, unless we have like a Smash board at that point, then we're playing. Well, Smash. yeah, yeah, true. But you know, we could just alternate between. It's like you know, this line we're going to play Smash, but for the next line we're going to go line up four, and we can just alternate between two of them. <laughs> We got options, Karen. That's the important. We thing. do have options, and that's yeah. important. I, yeah. I am excited for it. They put out a new gameplay trailer today as well, which looked pretty cool. Yeah, I did. Uh, I think I watched that this morning before I went to work. Um, it definitely looks like Marvel versus Capcom. That's yeah, for sure. exactly. Yeah, which is a good thing because I mean, I, the only one I've ever really played was I bought three on PS3, and um, I had a lot of fun with that game. Actually, I, I, we had a lot of we had at least like two or three weeks where. Uh, I was living in a share house at the time. We were having tournaments like every couple of nights. I'm like, we want to play some Marvel vs. Capcom three, and I was like, yeah, I'm in. And like, we just rotate through and have a bit of a round robin system. It was it was fun. Yeah, I, um, I picked up the um the revision re- 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 uh, the the revised version. Was it Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom three? Yeah, which yeah. included uh my mate Phoenix Wright. Hey, that's right. Weird character to players. It's true, but it, Weird it was it was players. cool. Deadpool was always my favorite in that. The fact that he's like level three ultimate was, uh, he literally took the health bar, his health bar down and beat the shit out of your opponent with it. Like, I don't forget that... his, uh, his special intro with Magneto as well. Oh yeah. Where he referenced the welcome to die. That's so good. Um, so sad, little... but I don't think he'll come back. Yeah. I, that's what I was getting to as well. I think it, it's, uh, it's, it's a bit of a shame if we don't see him again in this game, cause he's so much fun to play as. Um, but yeah, Marvel vs. Capcom 3, oh, Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite, um, looks really cool. So go check those trailers out. They look really great. I'm very excited to go head to head with, uh, Ultron Sigma. I'm so uh, excited that Sigma's in the game. Or yeah. he will, I think Sigma's a part of the DLC, I don't remember. Uh, okay. But still, like, I mean, it's still- a fighting game. If you're getting the game you're probably going to get the DLC. And it might even be like a pre-order bonus, like day one edition one as well. Who knows? Because like, DLC, there's so many forms of DLC these days. So, um, Cool. All right, <laughs> on to some more information. We touched on this briefly last week because information about it had leaked. And surprise, surprise, it was all true. Um, 
Call what of Duty. A twist. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Call of Duty World War Two or WW Two uh, has been revealed properly now without a, a leak through Eurogamer. Um, I think it was Eurogamer anyway. Who knows? Um, yeah, so they sort of went into. They had, I think it was like a, a Twitch stream where they sort of showed off a whole bunch of stuff. They had a trailer for it, which was okay. It was a good looking trailer. Um, but yeah, so obviously it's set in World War Two. Um, the campaign's going to be a little bit more scaled back. It's going to be less like sort of globe hopping stuff. It's going to be like following like a squad of, uh, like you know, of soldiers. Uh, fighting their way through um, some of the uh, the the theaters of war, um, yeah, they've also said uh, that there's a co-op mode as well. But the co-op mode's basically Nazi zombies. So again, a throwback to like classic Call of Duty games as well, like one to three. Because I yeah. think that's where I think zombies three are popular. Well, that's it, you know. And zombies mode especially is they they dig that mode, um, and a lot of people do, which is cool. I've always been intrigued by it. I, like the zombies mode, always seems really interesting to me. Um, it seemed like something I would really like to get into, but never had the opportunity or drive to buy a new Call of Duty game. So, I mean, if it helps this time around, Joel, don't forget that this game is coming from the Sledgehammer. Exactly. Yeah. So Sledgehammer have some people who have experience with horror from Dead Space. Right. Of course. Yeah. So. Yeah, it could be pretty... Oh, Jesus. Fuck, I didn't even think of that. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of information out about it. Um, it's coming in... Damn, where is the release date? November 3rd, I believe. Thank you. Yes, November 3rd. So pretty typical timing for a new Call of Duty game. Yeah. Proto to get your, your early access to the beta on PlayStation 4 first, I'm pretty sure. Yep. Well, I would All be, the I, usual stuff. I, yeah, because they've got their... They're in bed with Sony now, so... Yep, because Sony's the one selling on the more cons- most consoles. Exactly, yeah. So Activision are like, hey, guys. Interestingly, they were quizzed on, like, how they were going to tackle Call of Duty's role in esports with World War Two. Because obviously okay. that was the thing we talked about last week, because... Call of Duty games have been about movement, speed, accuracy, twitch reactions, bang, 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 bang. Right. It sounds like this game still will be relatively fast. Okay. But not like I don't like not as fast as previous ones. They're looking forward to going back to its roots, they were saying. So that's gonna be interesting. Yeah, which I think that's what everyone expected when when this whole sort of thing started to leak out a little bit. Or even before yeah. that, when people are like, I think they're gonna go back. I wonder if they're gonna go back to World War Two. Um because yeah, that's where that's where they cut their teeth. That's where these games were born. So yeah, and it, um, I, it probably I mean because of how these cycles work, I'm sure that World War Two was in development for at least two or so years. Yeah, but I'm sure when I saw the reaction to Battlefield One last year, they were kind of like, yeah, no, we're definitely like we, yeah. we're doing this. <laughs> We've made the right choice. Yeah. Um, apparently, the first mission is going to be the Normandy D Day landing. So again, probably no, no real surprises. surprises there. Yep. Um, I have to say, when I was watching the trailer, it did sort of at certain times feel like i was watching a trailer for the old medal of honor games yes i did feel that and i'm kind of okay with that because i played a lot of medal of honor allied assault um i really like that game again one of the games that featured the normandy beach landing and that that in that game that was so good like oh yeah i think it was was intense i'm not sure if that's the one i played on gamecube i can't remember uh i played it on pc i remember it was one of the games i used to play on pc a lot um, I remember there was a mission that I got stuck on. I never finished it. There's a mission that involves snipers, and I just I couldn't 
I couldn't get through it. I just kept mm. getting ruined. Like it was, it was like part escort mission as well. I think I had to escort like a tank crew. Oh. And yeah, escorts it was, are rough. It was rough, and these snipers were like, well, snipers. So they were, pretty, <laughs> yeah, insane. They had um, their eyes on. Oh god, yeah. Um, so yeah, I think I had sort of left it there. But I, I think I started that game quite a few times as well and played through it. And um, as after that point, um, but yeah. So it's look, I'm I'm intrigued. But as you mentioned to me before, when I said that to you, I say that every year with the Call of Duty franchise. I'm like, yeah, it looks cool. Uh, and then I never do anything about it. So I am interested. I I have a soft spot of nostalgia for like, especially I do remember playing a lot of one of the Metal of Honor's on GameCube. Yeah, with the Normandy Beach landing, and I think back to how like intense that felt of a time. It'll be in, like, yeah interesting to see it like in a modern game. Right. I don't know. I don't know if it's gonna if I'm gonna have room in my schedule for it, but it it's it's definitely on my radar. Yeah, like absolutely, me too. Um, I, 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 well, that's the thing from someone like you played Battlefield One and having that had a, like that feel. So yeah. maybe going back to that sort of feeling again with a with a franchise that started off as that as well. I mean, I suppose so did so did Battlefield as well. Yeah, but I mean, they're both started from similar points and come forward and then have looked back and gone, "Oh, let's let's go back there maybe because they yeah. were both of them were." becoming a little bit overcomplicated and ridiculous yeah like i it's it's good to see that that's what that what's happening here it, it's sort of funny to think about though like that at the time when those games came out we had like five six seven years of just nothing but world war Two shooters and it became like the joke it's like oh here's the new world war Two shooter for you to play <laughs> yeah. it's from this from x company and it's like yeah everyone got real bored of it after a while um so I don't know, are we going back into that age now where it's like, all right, we're going to do this for like six years and then we're going to go back to hey future. And, Things yeah. come and go in cycles. Yeah, well, who knows? Well, our question's kind of related to the future anyway and what's going <laughs> to happen, so we might, we could bring that up there. Um, but yeah, there's a, a lot of information out about uh, Call of Duty World War Two online. I'm sure um, there'll be a huge blowout in E3 in like a month and a half. Oh yeah, at Sony's conference most likely as well. Um, yeah. I just want to re- refer, I was watching the kind of funny uh, morning show the other day and they referred to it as Call of Duty WW Dose. Oh, God. And I was like, I like that. I'm on board with that. So WW Dose or Dub nothing, Dub Dose. Nothing will ever roll off the tongue quite as well as Cod Blops. Cod Blops, Cod, yeah. Cod Blops was my favorite. Cod Blops is, yeah. Cod Blops is probably the, the, the best one for the the uh, the uh, acronyms. Yeah. Yeah. That's the word I was looking for. Um. Cool. Alrighty, on to our last story for the show this week. Oh, it's a bit of a rough one. Yeah, so mm. but it's been a developing situation, really, for poor old Ubisoft. Yeah. They're like Vivendi sort of clawing their way into ownership of the company. Yes. And it looks like it's inevitable at this point, really. Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, I'm actually a little, I'm a little sad about this because for all, like, you know, before we started this podcast, especially like for all the Ubisoft bashing we used to do back in the day, um, and, and to an extent, it was deserved for some of it. I feel still, um, I feel like they started to get their shit together. Like some of the stuff they've been putting out has actually been really good. Like I fucking adore Watch Dogs too. It was on my top five games of the year last year. I loved that game. Um, I loved every moment I had. I spent playing that game. It sort of revitalized my my love for playing games like that. Um, so 
I'm a little sad that, I mean, we don't know exactly what's going to happen if this happens. Yeah. But I can't imagine I, it being good. I mean, regardless of how I feel about Ubisoft, like, I don't know, hostile takeovers are just, you know, eh. like Ubisoft's been trying to fight it. They've been trying, but mm. the way that Vivendi are moving, it doesn't look like it'll last long. Apparently, they're entering the second phase, which also involves an advertising group called Harvest. Yep. And it's set to begin this year. Vivendi is moving to the second phase. Everything will take place this year. So we may know soon. Yeah. Um, they, they currently own 25% of Ubisoft's shares. And when they hit 30%, the media company will be required by French law to make an offer to Ubisoft. Ooh, that's... Um, I know. It's rough. Because the thing is, this, like timing-wise, this could line up around E3. Yeah. And that could be, like, severely detrimental to to Ubisoft's showings at at E three, um, and, and their presence there, because they always have a presence like that. They are one of the tentpole conferences as well. So, oh yeah, and like um, you, Ubisoft have had, have had a good year so far. Like Ghost Recon really Wildlands has done well for them. It's done really well I for them. I don't know who's playing it, but there's a lot of people playing it. Yeah, apparently so. Um, and I mean, Forerunner's had a bit of a rough. Up and down. Yeah. Uh, it hasn't had a great run. No, but, but I mean, Watch Dogs 2 did really well as well. Watch Dogs 2 was one of those interesting mo- uh, cases of like a few people jumped in and bought into it at like, at like the first couple of weeks and then played it and was like, actually, guys, this is really good. And then a few other people picked it up and went, shit, those people were right. And it sort of it was like a pay it forward word of mouth thing that sort of people sort of were more intrigued that maybe wanted to jump into it, but were a little bit hesitant. Um, I know I was still hesitant because I fucking hate Watch Dogs 1. That game is garbage. Um, so, yeah, like, I was hesitant and nervous going into it, and I still picked it up. Um, and, yeah, I fucking love that game. That game was so much fun. Um, yeah, I haven't picked it up yet. I do want to at some point, but... It's, it's definitely just, worth a play. It's It's... Getting to it is difficult. Well, yeah, exactly. Like it's it's not a game. Like if it had come out now, I probably wouldn't have picked it up. I'm glad it came out when it did. Um, I think Ubisoft are probably glad it came out when it did as well. But um, yeah, well, yeah, it's it sucks. I because I feel like and like the fact of the matter, like them taking a step back from Assassin's Creed for a year, um, regardless of the movie. But like from games wise, they took a step back and said. We're not going to release an Assassin's Creed game this year, and everyone was like, "Thank God." Um, and they've also been working really hard on fixing the division as well. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that had a massive relaunch, and it's now doing really quite well. So, um, I, I think they're learning from their mistakes, and they're not just resting on their laurels anymore. And I feel like this whole Vivendi takeover might have had a a part to play in it, where it's like, "Okay, guys, we need to really fix up what we're doing here, so we can um, stand up on our own." But it's not looking good at this stage. Yeah, it, it sounds like it could happen really soon. Again, if they currently own twenty five percent and only need thirty percent to make like an offer, yeah, that could happen at any point. Like that yeah. doesn't seem like much of an issue for Vivendi, really. Weeks, and I mean, like, I mean, obviously we've got E three coming up, and they're probably going to announce more things. But what have we got coming out triple A wise from from Ubisoft in the next I've few months? Currently, I don't think they've announced anything concrete yet. I think I we'll think get so, Assassin's yeah. Creed this year, though. Oh, I think absolutely we will. The leaks are becoming more prevalent. Yeah, I think it's like Egyptian. Yeah, it's yeah. Egypt by the looks of it. Which is cool. I'm interested. But, again, 
I've got other games to play, so I probably won't jump back into it. I'm still, I still like much like you were with Watch Dogs 2, I actually kind of wanted to play Syndicate, but Syndicate was it. a weird case. It was sort, of, it was like half a good game. Okay, yeah, it was the like because obviously you is Evie. Yeah, basically that because obviously <laughs> the game had had two protagonists, uh, Jacob and Evie. Jacob, I didn't care about any of his story stuff or him as a character. Right. Evie was intriguing and interesting and sort of fun to play as. It the city was okay, but it had that amazing, like, perfect suited Austin Wintery score. Yeah, and I kind of liked the sort of like the gang wars you have on the streets, like when you're trying to take out a set like a segment's leader. That was kind of cool. Yeah, it had cool stuff, and it definitely was a like it was a huge step in front of like the quality of Unity. Oh god! Yeah. So I am excited to see what the next Assassin's Creed is like. I well, the game worked at launch, so that's oh yeah, it did work at launch. It that's worked true. at launch. That's always a good thing for. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to see where they go with it too. I mean, like Egyptian setting is not something that I would be like, oh god, I really want to play that. I want to explore that world. But I mean, you know, if for some unbeknown reason we have like some sort of drought again, like ah, why not? I'll pick it up. The question um, becomes, when are we going to get to the point where they confirm that Assassin's Creed and Watch Dogs and somehow Prince of Persia are in the same universe? Well, it's already... Well, it's Okay, so the I know, Watch, Dog, I know Watch Dogs 2 did some stuff, but like in a weird way, because the fact that there is a mission where you could like hack into Ubisoft, like their San Francisco studios and like leak a trailer for something. and Do you think we'll see that game? I kind of hope so, because that trailer yeah, was interesting. It seemed cool. It looks like Cowboy Bebop. That's why it looks cool. So, exactly. Um, and I will, I'm all for that. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, that'd be interesting. Like, if they come out at E3 with that, and that's their, like, in, like, end of next year game that they're, they're going to sort of, like, finish the conference with, I'm, I'm all ears on that because I'm very intrigued by that one. Absolutely. But we are. we hope things go well for Ubisoft because, I mean, look, yeah, like I said, for all the bashing we've done of Ubisoft and whatnot, um, I I played games from them that I've thoroughly enjoyed. Again, Watch Dogs 2 primarily. But um, it always sucks to see, like, someone in this industry go down, get knocked down a couple of notches. Well, I mean, I guess, like, we don't really know what would happen if Vivendi acquired them. But we, again, you can't imagine it would be good because they're clearly, like, obviously it's a business and they're in it for money. That is fine. That's how the world works, unfortunately. Yep. But, you know, I don't know, Vivendi, eh. Yeah, like, it, they, they obviously seem like they're trying to avoid this happening, so... Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, we'll, well I guess we'll, be, um, we'll probably report on it again uh, in yeah. the future when we have more news about it. Probably, yes. So, on to some questions now, I think might be the way to do this. I, I trailed off hardcore then. Wow. Yes, yeah, I Yes, uh, questions is next, questions. generally. Yes. Um, that is what the format would suggest. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, cool. So we have one question this week, and it is from our very, very good friend, Sean Kirkpatrick. Who isn't even in the country? He the isn't in the country right now. He's living it up in Europe. Lucky bastard. Um, so I hope he's still ke- keeping up with us over there. I mean, let's face it. I wouldn't be upset. I wouldn't be upset if he's not. But I guess I'd be okay with it. <laughs> it's I, fine. I guess Rome is stunning. You've got to kind of, you've kind of got an excuse to being over there with your fiance <laughs> and fucking whatever. Um. So yeah, uh, Sean, if you don't know, he designed all our 
graphics and stuff that we have for all our uh, our social medias and whatnot. Um, he also drew a really rad picture of us a few weeks ago, um, which I, I think I don't actually think I posted yet on the dialogue options page. We should, we should probably share it. There. I should probably share it there. Um, I might do that after this. Uh, yeah, it's really great. He's been doing this really cool thing where he draws a picture every day of the year. He's going from started at first uh, of January. He's going all a, a new picture every day, and um, so I think you can find his work at Shawnee Boy Draws on uh, on Instagram, and yes. through there you might have links to where you can contact him or whatnot as well. Um, but yeah, that's where he posts all these his daily pictures. Um, there's like little comics and little like observations that he has, and um, or at the moment like pictures of Rome. Um, so <laughs> they're very cool. They're very, very cool. He's got a great art style and uh, very colorful and, uh, much like Sean himself, uh, lovely, lovely person. But Sean asks us, there has been an unacceptable lapse in my questions. So here's a doozy for you. The year is 2023. What does the landscape of the gaming world look like? Will much have changed at all? Does Persona 7 suck? Give us your predictions, boys. And he spelt boys with a Z. Um, okay, like first of all, straight up, 2023, we will not have Persona 7. No, no, we might have six by then. Maybe six. We might we might have six by then. We <laughs> might, we're lucky. We might be under our fourth delay by that point. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, hey, to go back to last week's story about all those uh, those IPs. True, we could still um, be on Persona 5. Yeah, exactly. We, we, could be, we could be living it up in that world still. But... Um, I'm sure it won't suck. It's fine. Oh no, no! It's never going to suck. It's fine. It'll be it'll be a ten out of ten flawless masterpiece. Um, <laughs> we're not biased at all. No. Uh, look, I think I think the obvious answer here is uh, like VR and how that's going to impact on, on games because it's already taking a fairly decent impact. It's sort of died off a little bit at the moment. Yeah, the initial hype definitely has dropped. Mm, so I think we've just come out of like the first year, really, of like um, consumer available products. Um, I do still think as well it doesn't help that the, the good VR isn't quite at like consumer level prices just yet. Like not mm. not, but not that everyone can afford. I can't afford to go buy a ridiculous top end PC to play Oculus. Yeah, I think I think the Vive just had a like a price drop in terms of like shipping and stuff. So it actually makes it to about yeah. 700 bucks now. But again, you still got to have a high end PC to run it. So yeah, exactly. Uh, and space is... for it. And, and yeah, there's a lot of factors that you need to factor in with it. Um, yeah. But I think, I think by then we should have some sort of like full motion, like b- body tracking down to like finger detail. Whoa. Um, like, like ideally that'd be where that's, that'd, you know, if we're looking into the future, like maybe we uh, have. I think full body at that point will be uh, a factor. I want, I want everyone to embrace Nintendo's portability, please. <laughs> Absolutely, I think that's a, yeah. Like, make consoles that we can take on the go and also play on our TVs easily. I'm looking at you, Vita. Um, but teaching is hard though, man, because the gaming industry, like anything, could happen. Really, exactly. We, we like it could be something that we don't even know yet. Like what, like some sort of weird smell of vision thing. I, I don't know. I still think back to the days when the, the Wii was announced and I would never have seen that motion control craze coming. God, like, no. Like, yeah, that was... Yeah, like, I mean, we're still we're still kind of living in it. Um, do you know what I hope for, Kyron? What's that? I hope to see a resurgence, a resurgence in arcades, 
especially in arcades. Western markets. Yes. Is that because we went to an arcade last weekend? Partly, yes. Uh, and it's also <laughs> because I'm going to Japan at the end of the year and I'm going to go to a lot of arcades. And also, too, because I played DDR the other day and I just want to play more DDR. So, um, Actually, we didn't bring that up. That was one thing we did play. I played DDR, but we you both played, played we both played uh, an arcade version of Bishy Bashy, which is... Uh, just imagine, like, Japan doing Mario Party, like Super Japan... Um, and you've pretty you're close to the idea. It involves just like mashing buttons a lot. Um, and it was a lot of fun. But and blowing your eardrums out. Oh god, that thing was loud. That cabinet was so loud. But uh, I'd like to see that come back a little bit more, like a little bit more in depth arcades, and not just like fucking prize token. You can spend these four thousand tickets, and you can get a rubber like a, like an eraser. Like no, I I mean like having cool experiences in an arcade and um like my local arcade at the the shopping center that i work at has the um star wars arcade machine which is fucking cool like if you haven't had a chance to play that and you like star wars go track one down there is one at a high point if you're close to that go and play it because it's really cool um and it's you get to like do space battles and you sit in this sort of like cabinet thing but um I remember back in the day going to Time Zone and they had this really cool like fighter jet thing that was like a gyroscope thing that you sat in and it spun around and shit like while you so it actually made you feel like you're in this like fighter plane. I'm like, I gotta see more stuff like that. Come back, make a bit of a comeback. Can I be slightly cynical? Yeah. And say that I think in twenty twenty three the landscape of gaming will look very similar to today. Yeah, I think you're right. I absolutely think you're right. I think Nintendo will point. still be doing a weird thing, and yep. Sony and Microsoft will still have probably more powerful machines. Yep, exactly. That Nintendo will always be slightly behind the curve in terms of power, but like innov- innovativeness. It feels um, weird to me that like today they launched Mario Kart, a game with an online mode. We still, I don't know what the online is like on Switch. Yeah. I have no clue. Yep. We still don't know like what the actual framework is going to be, what we're going to be paying so for weird. when it comes out. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I think, I think you're right. I think we've hit a point now where we're sort of at that, like the peak of how far we can go almost. There's only so, so pretty you can make a game. It's, it's like, yeah. You can make a game to look, look as good. Which um, I guess is where stuff like VR and that came from, like trying to tackle. Like, it's okay, games look good. How can we, what can we do next to sort yep. of, like, change that? Yeah, I, I, I'd I like to think that, like, we get to a point where we can't make things look any any more gorgeous than they currently do. So people actually start focusing more on gameplay elements. And I think we're already... It's happening. ...gearing towards that, yeah. Um, which is exciting because, like, you know, you get, like, little crazy little gems. Like, there's that game that's coming out next week called Tumbleseed. There's, like, a weird roguelike that involves, like, rolling a seed along, like, a a platform and, like, having to get up, like, so far up, a like, a tree or something. I have no idea. But, like, just weird, interesting little, uh, like, bite-sized pieces, I guess, of uh, interesting stuff. Um. Yeah. I'm trying to. Uh, what else could there be? And like, in because that's about that's like what six years or so from now. Yeah, I actually realized that halfway through this this conversation that it's actually not as far away as I thought it would be. It's um, basically a console generation. We'll yeah, probably be halfway much. through the next generation when that happens. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Look, I I think you're right though. I think we're sort of at this point now where it's just we're plateauing out of how far we can push technology. But I mean, who knows? Basically, like, let's let games look nice. Let's refine them a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Remember that games are supposed to be played, not looked at. Like, I do think, like as we continue going forward, Japanese games will start to garner more, more acknowledgement, which would be cool. That's what Absolutely. I want to see happen. Yeah, no, me too. And I think, yeah, again, we're in it. We're in a bit of a like a Japanese games renaissance at the moment where they're starting to make their way and slowly seep into the West and people are starting to go, oh, fuck, why have I not been playing these so long? I mean, like hearing us talk about Yakuza, like we're like, this game has got like eight games in the series or six games in the series. Like, why have we never played one? Like, why have I never gone and picked this up? This is fucking excellent. So um, Here's here's a fun question for you, Joel. Okay. But between now and 2023, what do you think will get a new installment in first? Final Fantasy. Okay. Legend of Zelda. Right. Met- Metroid. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for it. Or I'm trying to think, what's another, what's another big franchise that typically takes a while? Uh, Burnout. I said franchise that takes a while, John, not franchises <laughs> that are unfortunately practically dead. Yeah, I know. Um... I don't know, maybe out of those ones, like Zelda, Metroid, like those were, what, what do you think we'll see first? Like, do you reckon we'll get Final Fantasy 16 or? I think out of the three of those, ideally, and like the one that makes the most sense would be a super, Me- like a new Metro game. Yep. Um, because I, I still am holding out hope that this E3 will see <laughs> something, but I think the logical choice would be a new Zelda game. I think, yeah, I was going to say Zelda as well, for sure. Like, I, I mean, I think that there's a really good chance for Metroid, but we don't know for sure that's what Retro is working on. Yeah, exactly. Um, and anyone, yeah, Zelda's got the framework now. Yeah, like. exactly. Yeah, and I think that having being able to go in and go make a, a Switch only Zelda now as well, and yeah. really sort of like not have to be held back by, I say held back, but I know that it was delayed and pushed onto a new console, but um, having it being developed for that console and that console only. Yeah. I think that that makes sense, and I think you just got to look at those numbers that we saw before about how many people like there's a hundred percent attach rate to to Zelda. Um, people want to play game. it, yeah. People want to play it. I'm still seeing people that are like, "Yeah, I picked up a Switch today and Zelda. I'm looking forward to playing it." I'm like, "You, you, what? You like people who are like PC Master Race playing like MOBAs and all this sort of stuff? They're like, yeah, I'm really excited to play Zelda. I'm like, fuck, that's." crazy so i think i wouldn't be surprised if it's already in development at the moment so oh, yeah. like I mean, very early stages but I, they're, they're talking about that right now presumably like it was done and then was getting it ported over and polished and all that so i want to believe as well that yeah in the early stages i mean obviously if it turns out retro is making a metroid game that's the answer yep but i i as much as i want it i will always be the guy going no not until i see it yeah until i see it it's not real no, you have reason to be like that, Karen. You have reason. I'm like, I'm like, partly casual Metroid fan. Like you're like, <laughs> you're like super fanboy in the best possible way. I mean that as a as a term of endearment. But um, I'm also curious to see how quickly Square will flip over the next Final Fantasy. That's why I was like, well, I wonder what we'll get, what we'll get first. Like, because right. 15 was expensive and took like 10 years. Yep. So Karen, I, but we, we we still we're still waiting on 
7 remake and Kingdom True. Hearts 3. So And technically you could argue 15's not even, not even finished. <laughs> exactly. It's like midway through its DLC. Well, not even midway through its DLC like and, and its life. story still being patched. Well, yeah, that too. <laughs> oh god. Um yeah, that that game's not coming. That's coming in 2033 that game. <laughs> 20 uh, that that's 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 something get 16. That's yeah. Um but yeah, I think the yeah, the logical answer is a new Zelda game. I think it's good. Yeah. I think it, I would be very surprised if we didn't see a new Zelda game in some shape or form in the next six years. Give it a couple of years. Yeah. Because I think we'll get, like, even if it's like a, like those ones they put out, like, if we get another fucking Link Between Worlds on the uh, on the Switch, yes, I'm in. That'd be cool. That game is great. Um, it's the perfect mashup of, like, nostalgia and, and new mechanics. And and already that was that was sort of like the them planting the seed of that changing up the formula of Zelda. Oh and yeah. So and that's that's cool because then we got Breath of the Wild. So exactly, and that was incredible. Yeah, yeah. The important thing is that is I am excited about the fact that you know I'll be playing video games between now and twenty twenty three. That's gonna yeah. be fun. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, will be. I I might be I might be showing my kids video games. And saying, now, sit down kids, and play- this is this is why Super Metroid is a perfect ten out of ten. <laughs> oh, here comes old Uncle Kyron with his Super Metroid cartridge <laughs> again. Um, Look, don't touch. Yeah, man, no, no. He's like, you've got like the 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 cotton gloves on and everything. You're like <laughs> handling it very fragile. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, yeah, it's exciting that you know. We're not going to stop playing games anytime soon, and, I, and they sure as heck aren't going to be slowing down on making them. We just got to look oh, at the no. first six months; like it's batshit crazy. So, yeah, I think I think I think you're right though about it. Where we've hit that point now, where it's like, all right, we're going to start seeing a lot of a wide range of of experiences in terms of uh, yeah. the games that we play. Probably trying to figure out, like, all right, so we've got all these people who play games. Still trying to search for how to get to those who aren't. Yeah, yeah. How to get those people in the door. What's the next motion control? What's the next Wii? Yeah, look at that in? next, like, yeah, that lightning in a bottle. Yeah, and I think I think if, if VR becomes more accessible down the track, that's the way. Because I think it's, like, I VR, or again, like, I keep thinking about how convenient the portability of the Switch is. Like, that's true, yeah. As as portable tech gets better, like that becomes more viable. So mm. I don't know. I'm I'm really interested to see which which way it goes. We might have a switch too that like has a half decent battery life on it. Oh whoa, maybe. Look, we can dream. Let's not go. Let's not go too too crazy. Okay, let's. <laughs> we can dream. Reeled in a bit here. <laughs> oh boy, I reckon that's an episode, Car. I think I think it is. We I might think- have a switch doll that has more than 32 gig internal memory. That's true. Yeah. That's very true. Oh God, what what an age to be alive! Like I love my Switch, but come on, guys. Look, yeah, look, come on, guys. We're we're both we're both pretty big advocates for the Switch, but and for Nintendo in general. But by damned, if they just listen to last week's episode where I was almost going to title it, "Don't fuck it up, Nintendo." But don't fuck it up, Nintendo. Don't fuck it up. Oh, on that heartfelt sentiment, would you like to wrap this one up for us, Karen? Sure thing. <laughs> so thank you for listening once again, you guys. We appreciate it. 
we are we are nearing 900 downloads, Joel. We are. It's going this, good. This, this one might tip us over. Fingers yeah. crossed. If you're new, if you're if this is your first time listening to Dialogue Options, thank you very much. Absolutely, we hope you enjoyed thank you very it. Much. We really hope you also like Persona and and Nintendo and Overwatch. And, a, and, a, and agree that Super Metroid is a 10 out of 10. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, if you want to keep up with us on the social medias, you can search for us on Twitter at Dialogue Options. You can throw us a like on Facebook if you look for Dialogue Options there as well. You can send us an email to dialogueoptions at gmail.com. As for both of us individually on Twitter, you can find me at LemonManX. At the moment, I'm just tweeting about how much money I spent on seeing Natalie Dormer this weekend and how it was my Mario Kart money. <laughs> you can follow my friend Joel at... Jolly Mac, uh, where I basically... I think the only thing I've tweeted this week really is that Guardians of the Galaxy 2 is really great. I so mean, it's not see, wrong. Yeah. It's just... An it's accurate just, statement. That's it. I haven't it's been doing fact. my... Haven't been doing my crunches, Karen. <laughs> Your crunches. Cor- uh, another well-known podcast, Easy Allies. Haven't been doing my crunches. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, but, yeah. So, yeah. We'll let our theme song by Azure Flux, Strike Witches, Get Bitches, Take Us Out. Mm-hmm. And we'll, we'll see you next week. See ya. Bye. <laughs> Bye.